0: Benjamin Franklin said, any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most fools do. Today we're talking about the subject of criticism and how all leaders will face it.
1: You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders.
0: Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, I hope this subject of criticism doesn't scare you off from listening on this episode because in chapter 4 of Nehemiah, we see him start to fate. Criticism. He's facing opposition, discouragement even, some hard topics, but so true. Nehemiah, just like me and you, dealt with real problems as he led God's people. And I love how the Bible doesn't cover these hard truths up, but talks about them. So in the next three episodes, we're going to talk about some real stuff, talk about some hard stuff, but yet they're important topics that we all face. And so as we continue to expand our leadership together, I want to talk to you about this important subject of criticism. Criticism. Now, let me give you some definitions because it's sort of important to understand what criticism is. It's the expression of disapproval of someone or something based on a perceived fault or mistake. People have some expression or disapproval of you, and that can be perceived Or it actually could be because you did something that they disapprove of. They don't like it and they're expressing it to other people. The other definition is the act of expressing disapproval or noting the problem or faults of a person or a thing. Isn't that a bummer? We all mess up. We all make mistakes. But when you're a leader, people look at you more and they could point out your faults. They can can point out your mistakes. They can note your problems and they can express to others the disapproval of your behavior. And that is discouraging at times. And you know what? It happens to us all. It is the analyst uh, analysis and judgment of someone or something and then making it known. And criticism is not a fun thing to deal with, but it's a part of everyone's leadership that is listening to my voice. I'm sorry. I nailed you, because you simply can't please everyone as you lead. So as church leaders, what are we to do? How do we deal with criticism? Yes, criticism is a part of even leading God's church, because criticism is a part of getting things done, which really makes sense if you think about it, because we can't always please everyone when we try. As a leader, you're changing the status quo. You have vision from God to change things, and people don't like it change. Not everyone is going to like your actions and you can't please everyone. So criticism must be a part of our leadership. This quote is often misattributed to Aristotle, but it's actually the writer uh, Albert H- Hubert, who um, in his book, John North Willis said, do nothing, say nothing and be nothing and you'll never be criticized. Listen, that's not you. You're a leader. You're going to do something. You're going to say something. You're going to be something and you will be criticized this is what we've been called to as a leader in even God's church. But listen, God hasn't called us to do nothing. He's called us to impact the world. And so this is a part of our leadership. Benjamin Franklin. I love that quote. When we started off, he said, any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most fools do. Any fool can criticize, complain, condemn, and most fools do. So people complain, they push back, they criticize leadership, and it seems to be a part of an everyday thing for a leader. And it would be good to understand this and prepare for this rather than just trying to avoid it, right? Some of us, we just try to avoid uh, criticism because we don't want to go through this opposition. I find that many of God's people are surprised when they're criticized and that uh, uh, God, uh, especially because they've been given a God-given vision, they have opposition. But we see throughout scripture this warning so we can be prepared for this trial. First Peter 4.12 says, beloved, do not be surprised at a fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. It's not strange that we deal with opposition, that we deal with discouragement, and that we deal with criticism. So we see this truth in Nehemiah, chapter four here, that will deal with these things. We have seen God do great things in Nehemiah's leadership, so much so God gave him, remember, the vision to do it, to restore his people. Nehemiah received favor from the Lord to do something about the walls being torn down. He got favor from the king, but the king gave letters and supplies. He he had favor from the people. They had a mind to work and were helping him. All these things were going well, and we thank God when things go well, don't we, for his favor? But in this chapter, we see that it wasn't easy. There was still resistance. Reality starts to set, in. there was opposition, resistance to the work, and there was criticism. And like I said, it's not a matter of if but when i found in the years that i've led that you can be in god's will and still have hardship have you it seems like when we are doing a great work for god nothing should go wrong but let me tell you it does and jesus warns us he warns his disciples that there would be opposition to this world john 16:33 says i have said these things to you that in me you will have peace not in the situation not in avoiding our problems, but in Jesus we'll have peace, because in this world, he says, you will have tribulation, but take heart or be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus is better and greater than any hardship that we can imagine, and he'll walk us through it. And so I want to remind you, I want to encourage you in that as you're going to be criticized. Jesus wants us to know that when we're doing great things for his kingdom, there will be opposition, but he's with us. Charles Spurgeon once said, God had one son without sin, but he never had a son without trial. God had one son without sin, but he never had a son without trial. We as children of God will go through trials. It's promised to us. The Bible promises trials and tribulations in this world, but we can have victory in Christ, amen? And with Jesus, we know we can overcome whatever comes our way. And I hope that you have encouragement in this, that you that you know that God gives hope even in the midst of this aspect of criticism in the end we know that god will be victorious and heaven will be awesome but we don't live there now so we have to have faith psalm 37 5 says commit your way to the lord and trust in him and he will act as we are criticized and go through hard times we must go to god with these criticisms. We have to offer them up in prayer. We have to take them to him. We see in this chapter, Nehemiah, that he faces opposition to the work that God's called him to. And so it would be good for us to pay attention how Nehemiah's enemies attacked and how he responded. Uh, Nehemiah is our case study, our example of good leadership. And so We have to understand we too have a real enemy just like Nehemiah, Satan, opposition that opposes the work of God and his people. And we should be like Paul who said in 2 Corinthians 2.11, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We understand the schemes of the enemy and we should be aware of this opposition and fight it head on through faith, looking to Jesus. And so we see these two characters rise up in this chapter. We've seen them a little bit before, but they're really starting to take more of a a prominent place in chapter four. And they're criticizing the work of the Jews that are being done. These two characters, Sambalot and Tobiah. Uh, man, it says in verse one, now when Sambalot heard that we were building the wall, which they were doing, it was great, it was of the Lord, but he was angry and greatly enraged he jeered at the Jews. Now, why would Sambalot uh, say this? Why would he criticize the Jews? Why would he be so angry? It says he was greatly enraged. Well, he didn't want the Jews to be restored. That would affect his life, his income, and so he hated what Nehemiah was doing and the work that was being done led by the Lord. Sometimes it's good to recognize that people criticize the vision and not us personally. It's not personal. Uh, now, now, uh, sometimes people do just hate you. They don't like you personally and they attack you. But I think more often times than not, people just don't like change. And it's necessarily not about you. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's principalities and powers of the air and age and, and man... People, Satan could use people to attack, to criticize the work that God wants to do through you. And we must realize that criticism can be our coach at times. It's okay as a leader to look for truth in criticism, uh, and we just need to be able to look at it and then move on and continue to do the work of the vision. We want to look at all truth and apply it to our lives, but we just want to make sure that as we look to criticism, we're listening to those that actually want to help continue the work and not stop it like Sambalot. Abraham Lincoln said he has a right to he has a right to criticize who has a heart to help. He has a right to criticize who has a heart to help. There are people that you want to listen to and when they verbally speak out loud, people on your team, people that love you, your coach, your mentor, those people you want to listen to. But not if it means abandoning the vision that God's given you in your life. So you need to discern. Okay, what will I take? Well, well you know, don't throw the baby without out with the bathwater. Uh, we all make mistakes. We all need to grow. And even our enemies can actually criticize our mistakes. And so we need to repent and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to those that could actually help me, but not stop me. Because oftentimes criticism is not constructive, right? That's why we call constructive criticism. Oftentimes criticism is just from our enemies enemies that want us to give up, want us to discourage us, that are just angry. And so whenever you are doing a great thing for God, you have to realize that Satan is mad. He is angry. He doesn't want restoration. He doesn't want you to lift up the name of Jesus. Um, And he wants to destroy the name of God. But we realize in Jesus' name that he can't satan is a great accuser and he tries to discourage us with his words just like these guys in this text but we can overcome in jesus and take everything that is true and say lord help me give it to the god not not even criticize our critics back but give it to god in prayer and then apply the truth that the lord shows us through criticism and so sambalat and Tobiah they start to taunt ridicule the people they criticize him for the work they're doing listen to this this old school bible trash talking and verses two and three it says what are these feeble jews doing feeble meaning weak people right what are these weak people these jokers doing will they restore it for themselves will they sacrifice he's making fun of their worship Uh, will they will they build it with prayer and trusting god what are these these think these people doing he says will they finish up in a day?" Basically, in other words, don't they know it will take a lot of hard work? They don't have what it takes. They're not going to finish in a day, they, they can't endure. He says, will they revive this uh, revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn the ones at that? He ridicules their materials, their effort. He calls it rubbish. He says it's terrible that they're praying and trusting God, and they're weak and they, they they're just making fun of them wanting to worship. and then and then their friend, Sambalot's friend, Tobiah, gets in the scene. Tobiah, verse three, he says, the Ammonite, uh, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. And so he gets in the action. He says, yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Basically, in other words, they can't even build something that lasts. And if a fox or an animal stands on it, it's not even gonna be strong enough. These, these fools, these these jokers, these weak people, they wanted the work to stop. So they're using their words. They're using the words, notice, to criticize, to bring pain. And you know, words are powerful. They do have an effect. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. And Satan, you know, his name means accuser. This is one of his primary tactics to use words to distract and discourage people. Remember David and Goliath before David killed Goliath and chopped his head off. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41 through 47, it says David, Goliath kept on ridiculing the people of God and ridiculing David and using his words and just blah, 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 blah. But when push come to shove, who who won? It was David and the God of David that defeated Goliath. Jesus was mocked. In Luke chapter 22, verse 35 and 37, before the cross, he was ridiculed and mocked and even beaten. But who won? Jesus died and rose again. He has victory over sin and death. He won. It was just words. But they're powerful because Shakespeare even called ridicule or words paper bullets to the brain. They can affect us. Paper bullets to the brain. We must guard our minds, like Philippians 4.8 says, against the enemy's criticism and what we will listen to because we should listen to God over the enemy. Criticism will come to all leaders, but it does not mean that we have to take all the words in and marinate and soak in them. We are to take those words to the Lord. And this is what we see Nehemiah do in his response in prayer in verse four and five. He prayed through the criticism and took those words to the Lord. And we must be careful who we listen to as leaders and as God's people. We need to take the helmet of salvation and, and, and fight this spiritual battle that we're in. And so are you taking time to listen to God in his word? Did you know that that will affect your leadership? Because are you listening to God or man? Who are you listening to more? It's so vital in our leadership because criticism will come. And so it's important to deal with this appropriately, to take it to the Lord in prayer. I'll close with this. Warren Wiersbe said, the things people say must uh, may hurt us, but they can never harm us unless we let them in uh, into our system and poison us. Again, let me say it again. Things people say may hurt us. It's a fact. They're, they're going to affect us, but they can never harm us unless we let them get into our system and poison us. Don't allow the enemy to guide you, to listen to criticism and people's uh, critiques of you and let that in you and poison you. Give those things to the Lord and keep looking to God and allow his spirit, his word to direct you and to encourage you because as leaders we will face criticism but we could bring that criticism to the lord learn from it and in prayer overcome it
1: join us for a conversation with pastor daniel and his dad pastor joe williams as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of nehemiah
0: Well, we are continuing to talk about our favorite subject as a leader, criticism. We all deal with it. We've all experienced it, and it is no fun, but it's something we're going to have to deal with. Pastor Joe, what do you think about criticism? Have you ever experienced criticism in your ministry? Yes, I've experienced criticism. Who hasn't?
1: Um, Right away, when we are criticized, no one enjoys that. It's not... Um, it's not just not loving sometimes it's not edifying sometimes we get discouraged when people criticize us Um, as a leader you are going to be criticized you know Jesus was criticized the Apostles were criticized um, and you will be criticized it's just part of the call Um, it's only one way to avoid criticism I mean that say nothing, be nothing, and do nothing, and you will never be criticized. But if you step out and do what God told you, to do, what Nehemiah criticized, they say many feeble Jews, what they think they done. Even a fox will knock this wall down if it goes over this wall. This, this wall is not going to stand up. He was criticized, so we have to be very. Uh, sensitive to this because many times there is constructive criticism that can help you Um, we have to listen to the criticism and see if there's any way to it and see if there's any truth to it and sometimes there is you know uh, we were criticized for you know starting service too late when I first went into the ministry, we got criticized because I was service supposed to start at uh, 10 o'clock. We would start at 10, 15, 10, 20. And people, and, you know, it was people criticized us for it, and they were right. If we say the service is going to start at 10, it should start at 10, not 10, 15, not ten twenty. But we learned from that, and we started starting the church at 10 o'clock. And we were criticized for starting the church at 10 o'clock because some people said the church service started too early. So we felt we did what God told us to do. We said, you know, 10 o'clock, it's not too early. We're going to start at 10 o'clock no matter who's here and who's not here. So we were criticized um, for starting too late. We're starting too early. And we learned from it. We learned from it, we corrected it. But right away, when we criticize, when we get criticized, I know when I get criticized sometimes, sometimes we tend to get defensive. And we say, well, these people can't judge us. Who do they think they are? They're self-righteous people? They can't judge us, but sometimes um, constructive criticism can be real helpful and can make you be a better leader. So. You have to really pay attention when people criticize and see if there's any truth to it. If if the people are telling the truth, then you can
0: correct it. But if not, then you do what God tells you to do. Well, let's talk about that. There is constructive criticism and you can use criticism as a coach. But then there's this opposition and people just disagree with everything you do. So how do you do, how do you as a leader deal with criticism? Not the constructive kind, not people that are on your team, but I don't want to say enemies, but people just disagree with you, uh, disagree with the vision. How do you deal with someone coming to you and complaining? Because in Nehemiah's case, it wasn't like Sambalat was like trying to help them. He was making fun of them and opposing them and just trying to get under his skin. And some people out there, They just try to get under your skin. How do you deal with that as a leader?
1: Well, you know, a lot of it I just ignore. You know, know, when people criticize too much, sometimes they'll take their criticism to other people in the fellowship. You know, they'll start talking about this, and they'll start criticizing that, and they start talking to other people about their criticism. And I ask them, you know, know, if you really that unhappy here, maybe— God has not called you to be in our fellowship. Maybe God has called you someplace else. Obviously, uh, you're criticizing and you're not happy here in our church. Maybe God is leading you to another church. I have no problem with that. But some, a critic, you know, he's, they can't really see they're doing anything wrong. But they're really, really doing damage to the body of Christ, especially when you go from person to person and start talking uh, maybe behind the pastor's back and criticizing him behind his back. And you know, I've always said for years that if you can't support the man of God, then find you another church that you can support the man of God. But don't sit there and, and just complain and criticize constantly, because it's very discouraging for a leader.
0: And why do you think that is? Why I know people are so negative, but why do you think people criticize leaders, especially leaders?
1: Well, leaders out front, you know,
0: leaders, sometimes
1: we like a target. Uh, and believe it or not, people have unrealistic expectations of a leader. They expect the leader to be perfect. And we're not perfect. Sometimes we make mistakes. You know, uh, even, I mean, as long as you make the right decisions and doing the right things and blah, 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 you know, and doing this, they love you to death. But when you make a mistake, uh, You get criticized for it and people many times don't look at the things that you're doing right They look at the things that that one thing that you might make a mistake and do wrong and they're ready to criticize You know so you know what Moses criticized They told you know the children of Israel told Moses, you know, you brought us out here to die We were better off back in Egypt. We had we had the garlic. We had the onions. We had all this stuff But out here that's no water You brought us out here to die so when you're a leader uh, I don't know not one leader that has not been criticized and if you haven't been you will be Uh, I just pray that you would deal with it in a godly way and don't get bitter and don't get upset because we are not to return evil for evil right so we have to try to respond in a godly way and not get defensive and not get angry but some some criticism, as Chuck Swindoll said, as a leader you have to have tough skin. You have to be a gentle giant. Basically, you must gentle, be gentle and love people. But on the on the other hand, you got to be strong enough when you are criticized. To if you don't think it's any truth to it, you just ignore it,
0: and just keep doing what you're doing. Well, sometimes there is truth to it. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said this. He has a right. To criticize who has a heart to help. And sometimes you have to listen to your team and listen to your wife and people and that. What are some other times or stories how you've maybe been criticized and it's been true and it helped you actually grow? You got any time? Ch- I know the service time, but is there another <coughs> example of maybe someone coming alongside of you and um, criticizing you? Because I think it's very important to. Listen to those people that actually want to help and not just listen to those that are just negative and complaining
1: Well, when I first took the pastorate, you know, they said, uh, you know You'll you you can't be a pastor because where's your credentials? Where's your seminary? Uh, credentials you didn't you didn't go to seminary. You don't have the training And they were right. I didn't I didn't go to seminary. I didn't have the training and, and people said "You You don't uh, they told me anyway, I don't teach like Chuck Smith. They told me that. They said, you don't teach like Chuck Smith. When he was teaching the book of Romans, he brought out this and he brought out that. But you didn't bring any of that out of what he taught on. And Chuck Smith, he did such a great job. And you're not, and you're not doing uh, as good a job as he did. Because when he taught Romans, he brought out things that uh, you should have brought out. And you didn't bring those things out. So I was really criticized a lot, you know. When I, well, I still am sometimes with my teaching because, uh, you know, people compare you to other teachers. Everybody's got their own favorite teachers. Everybody got their own favorites, favorite one. So, and they expect you to be like the other person. See, two people can two, two people can teach the book of Romans, and they're going to teach it different. They're not going to teach it the same way. Uh, You can learn from each other, but that just comes with the territory. If you're a leader, a a criticism is going to come. So you got to have, like Swindoll said, you got to have thick skin. A lot of it, you could just shake it off and forget about it, put it behind you, and move on. Because if you dwell on it, it could really be discouraging. On the other hand, stop and think, okay, is there any truth to what they're saying? And if you find that it's truth to what they're
0: saying, you have to change some things. So how do you guard your heart and your mind from criticism and critics when you know that God's given you a vision or you know you messed up? But how do you guard your mind and your heart um, and keep on doing what you're supposed to do?
1: Yeah, I just keep on doing what I'm supposed to do most of the time. Most of the time, as a leader, when I make a decision, I don't have many people who really going to stand with me because God didn't speak to them. They spoke to me. You know, that's why the children of Israel could not enter the promised land. They said, well, you know, there's giants in the land, man. We can't go in there. We like grasshoppers in their sight. Joshua and Caleb said, hey, God said, let's take it. Let's go get it right now. You know, you have to continue to do what God calls you to do in spite of what other people say. Because other people, they don't see it the way you do. And God didn't call them to do what you're doing. But that comes with the territory. Yes, you're going to be criticized. Yes, it's part of it's part of the call. But don't let that stop you from doing what God called you to do. You just ignore a lot of it. That's... Let it run down your back like water off a ducks back and just keep right on going.
0: Well, Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Obviously, we see um, Sambalat, Tobiah, they're taunting, they're ridiculing these people. They're using their tongue and criticizing them and mocking them. But as leaders, how do we use our tongue for life? How do we encourage people with our words and minister to them um, with our words and just encourage people?
1: Well, you always encourage people by building them up, you know. If they do something right, you know, hey, you know, tell them you're thankful for them. Tell them, hey, that was a great job. You know, commend them for for what they're doing right and encourage them and recognize the things that they are doing. Just tell people, you know, I appreciate that, what you did. That was great, man. That was great. I notice when I encourage people, they really want to, do better and better and better the next time. So we as leaders, we must have that gift of encouraging people. Uh, Everybody's not in the same place. Everybody's faith is not in the same place. You know, some people grow faster than others. Uh, So guard your heart, build them up, encourage them, and God will use you to to bless them because, you know, they say a good leader is always preparing, always preparing somebody to take their place. You don't know if God's going to have you in the ministry five years from now, ten years from now. You don't know how long God's going to have you. He could have you do something else, something different. You know, that's fine. You know, if God called me to do something different, I don't have to pastor a church. There's many things that I can do besides pastor a church, many People ask me, how long am I gonna do it? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna do it until God says different. When God releases me, when God tells me to do something different, when God tells me to resign, to step down, that's when I will do it. But I'm not gonna do it because people says. Because people tell me to step down. Because people tell me to resign. I got to wait on the Lord, his time. Yeah, I'm 74 right now, I don't know how much longer. But at this point, I don't see it. I don't see you stepping down right away. I mean, it could happen. And when God wants me to step down, he'll let me know and and I'll be obedient. Because he must have something else for me to do.
0: Well, as we conclude this talk about criticism and about encouraging people, give us some encouragement for those that are getting criticized right now. Because there's probably someone that clicked on this episode and they're thinking about this and they're, oh man, that's... That's the one I'm dealing with right now. What would you say to someone that's just sort of discouraged because people are are throwing those paper bullets to, uh, to people. They're just being criticized and going through a rough time right now.
1: You know, when I was being criticized, I prayed for people who were criticizing me and because I didn't want to get bitter. I didn't want to get defensive and I didn't want to get upset. But if you're being criticized right now, uh, You know, you have to look at it closely. A lot of it, take it with a grain of salt. Everybody that criticized me, uh, they eventually left, they left the church. They left the church, eventually they just left. Because uh, some of those people were older than I was and they wanted the church to, to be run a certain way and when I did not comply with what they thought the church, how they thought the church should be run, and they left. Because they saw I wasn't gonna bag down, and they wasn't gonna bag down either. So eventually, one by one, they started leaving, and God removed them. But in the, minute, in, you know, in the meantime, when I was being criticized, I just prayed for them that, you know, that I don't get bitter, and I don't get upset but little by little they left and pretty soon some more critics, critics came in too they stayed a while and they left you know so it just goes with the territory it's gonna happen I don't know how you prevent it really but just not as long as you out front I mean It's just going to happen. So pray that God will give you wisdom when it does to know how to deal with it. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.